0: All right, <laughs> welcome to live from Studio Venus. I'm joined today by Paul Sparrow-Clark, who I met up at our university days. Didn't get to chat with you very much no, there.
1: On the seventh floor for a little while. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So in some of the same meetings, that kind of thing, but you yes, didn't really get to know <laughs> <unit. laughs> those, those meetings. I know. So you're not at the university anymore.
1: No.
0: So you've opened your own business.
1: I'm freelance, um, yeah, I'm working with a consulting company out of Edmonton that uh, writes uh, market assessments, business plans, grant applications for clients across Alberta and beyond, so, yeah. Are you liking it? Yeah, it's been going well so far, it's very hectic yeah lots of deadlines lots of work but um yeah good uh, people actually appreciate what i do though it's good when when a client says oh i'm so glad you did this thanks for helping out with this it's you know it makes it makes it all worthwhile so that's been good yeah
0: it's a different atmosphere isn't it yeah oh for sure yeah doing that kind of work so when i thought of you when i was thinking of you for the podcast what has always really struck me is your love of movies and books and music and that kind of thing so how did that come about right from when you were young did you you find movies
1: uh movies um i've always been into movies um ever since i can remember um i I, I started out loving horror horror genre was the, the stuff i was really into and before this is back you remember these days it's back in the days when if you to see a film you had to see it on the theater yeah. or I had to turn up on tv so there was no uh, availability of films outside of that uh, uh, theater or tv so in those days to learn about movies you, you read books right yeah. so so uh, I, I started out that way with a series of books that talked about horror movies and science fiction films and those are always interested in so that really got me into it so way before i saw any of these films, I knew everything about them. I knew the stars, I knew the directors, I knew the writers, I knew the producers, all of this stuff I knew before I actually finally got around what to seeing these the films. Travel. And now, of course, you can see pretty much anything you want to. Yeah. Although, um, um, the, the streaming, the streaming films, uh, I think leads to a bit of a, it, there's a, uh, a shallowness of content yeah. on most streaming services, which is why I still buy physical media. But that's how we get into it, was, was, the interest reading the books learning everything about it and then sort of catching up to that with finally getting to see these films when they finally became available on vhs and then dvd and then blu-ray and, and beyond that right
0: so it's not very usual <laughs> for a young person to read all the books read who the producers are yeah. to really do that research where did that come from
1: um, just your brain? Just, just an interest. I mean, and, and, yep. f- and the funny thing is, um, I've connected with people now who also grew up in the UK during that period and similarly had a very uh, did very much the same thing. In fact, the first writing, big writing project I was involved in, it was a book project run out of the UK. There's a magazine called We Belong Dead, which is a line from um, Bride Frankenstein. Okay. says We Belong Dead and pulls a lever and blows the castle up <laughs> at the end of the scene. <laughs> Of the, of the film. Anyway, so, so there's a magazine which focuses on the era of classic horror, which they define as being the silent era up until about the nineteen seventies or eighties. And so Eric McNaughton, the guy who does does the magazine, he proposed a book project and the first book was called Seventies Monster Memories. And it was all about exactly my experience, which is growing up in the seventies during that time and getting into these kind of things and but it covered books, movies, uh, TV series, and just everything, every piece of pop culture or whatever was covered in the book. And about, uh, so I discovered that a lot of people went through the same thing and, and had the same experiences, got into the same movies, got into the same TV series, got into the same books. So there's a lot of us out there. And that's one of the great things with the internet, of course, is you connect with people who have those same interests. Yeah. that you never would have met up with otherwise, right?
0: Right. And you've sort of passed it on for the next people. You're a very prolific writer for books and movies and that kind of thing. Are you, are you still?
1: I'm still, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm prolific. But no? <laughs> in fact, I, I wish there was a way to monetize it because I'd, I'd like to quit my day job and start doing yeah. all this full-time. Unfortunately, there isn't. And uh, um, currently, there is a new book project coming out the same magazine we belong dead publications is doing this book called uh, giant monsters of film land i got one piece in there Um, and i just submitted three more essays for the next book project after that which is called masses of terror which uh, for which i did three pieces one is karl freund a german cinematographer the other is um I do so many now that I, I lose track. Cal <laughs> Freud, Ray Harryhausen, the stop motion effects artist, and the third one was Jack Arnold, who is who was a director in the fifties that did a lot of key, the key uh, monster movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon and stuff like that. So that that's in process. Uh, then after that, I have there's another book project done with the same guy who's who's using his time wisely with the COVID <laughs> pandemic to, to pump out these books. Right. And the next deadline is uh, Spotlight in Science Fiction, which covers key science fiction films. I've got three pieces in that. Don't ask me what they are because I just started <laughs> working on one, which is James Cameron's Aliens, and there's a couple more. I can't remember which ones they are, but I've got them all noted in my project management <laughs> software. So yeah. to keep me on track. But it, it's hard to fit this in between day job and other responsibilities but yeah
0: so we should mention you're from Wales right? Yes. and when did you come over
1: 1981 81 1981.
0: so you would have been how old? Uh,
1: 15
0: yeah Yeah. and how how was that were you happy to come over
1: uh, no
0: because oh. <laughs> at 15 no. right like yeah, that's exactly. a real yeah. like that's a real sort of space like that's a yes. really big move for a 15 year old
1: yeah no uh, for sure I'm mean, Culture shock I've found consists mainly in the little details. And yeah. it's the details you don't even think about because even though Canada's English speaking, and it's very much the same in many, many ways, yeah. it's the little differences that accumulate. And then the one I always remember is getting on the bus and getting off the bus because in Wales, and in fact, all across the UK at the time, the, the rear doors of the bus opened automatically. Right. right? Yeah and here they didn't so you're standing there like an idiot waiting for the doors to open and you have to push it or you have to do something it is to, yeah. so, yeah. but it's the accumulation of small stuff like that which, which I think adds up to, uh, to culture shock rather than big differences yeah. even though I, I can't imagine the experience that someone coming here from say yeah. You know, South America or, or whatever would, would have them, and it must be just completely overwhelming because yeah. even I had uh, found it a little bit overwhelming initially. So
0: yeah, it's funny because when you say that for a lot of immigrants coming in, language is usually what we think of, yeah. but you know, that sort of shows that, that definitely there's a lot more other things that within that culture. That, yeah, oh, yeah. no, for sure. So when you came here, did you find your people? Did you find people like-minded? And you know, you're in high school, you're, yeah.
1: Not in high school, um, a little bit in university. And uh, I've got uh, some friends at university that I stayed in touch with long-term and we used to hang out and go to movies all the time. But um, yeah, so a little bit, but it really took off on the internet where your borders have suddenly expanded. Yeah all of a sudden, um, even though Facebook in some ways is evil, <laughs> I, know. I have to give it credit because yeah. um, I connected with a lot of people I wouldn't have connected with otherwise, including uh, that, that fellow that I mentioned that does the book publications and the magazines and also uh, a couple of people in Chicago of all places that were into the James Bond films, which is another passion of mine. Yeah. And I guess on a, a podcast that a guy called Frank Mangarelli runs, but he, he's he's gone and he's covered. He's covered every single film from the beginning of the series, and he's—I yeah, think—he's still going. <laughs> yes. I listened it to made a made couple to the of end, them yeah. actually. So, yeah. yeah, I listened yeah, to so you. That—that that was a lot of fun. So yeah. it was really the internet, which which expanded it and then brought in uh, people who had the same interests.
0: So with James Bond, which, like you say, is another passion and one of the things that. I noticed because yeah. of evil Facebook. Yeah. I tried to go off Facebook for a couple of months. Well, I did go off Facebook for a couple of months, and I found I really did not feel as connected. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's especially because mm-hmm. of COVID, but I'm not the type of person that's sort of out and about a lot anyway. Yeah. And so that is kind of a, yeah. a social is, way for yeah.
1: me. It's the same for me
0: too. Yeah, yeah. so I end up coming back. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. And Instagram's lovely that way too. You just get these little snippets that you're not really. It's, it's so um, so much more subtle, I think, yeah. sometimes, not necessarily all the time. Um, so James Bond, did you approach it the same way you did all your horror films, by reading and researching?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it was, uh, that took a long time to come about because I'd seen the films on television here and there, and I liked them, and, but it was it was really the books that got me into it more. When, I, when you discover the novels, you, you realize that it's quite different yeah. into a lot of the films, and, I started, and, and that sort of connected me with the little snippets of the characterization that they would put into some of the early films, and then it was brought back in here and there with uh, when Timothy Dalton, the Welsh actor, yeah. him, that took over the role in 87, did two, only did two films. He brought it back, and he injected quite consciously the character from the, from the pages of the novel into the films. so that So reading the books really got me into it more.
0: He wasn't that. Not accepted isn't the right word, but he's not a lot of the I favorites.
1: Yeah, no, I'm. I'm in, um, I think you you'll find he's he's quite well regarded amongst hardcore fans, people who have read the books, but right. in, as, but among the general public, I, I would say he's probably dead last. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah, which is
1: which is a shame, I think, I think. Certainly with the Daniel Craig films, where where they've gone back to injecting more of the character into the stories, yeah. I think pe- some people have gone back and reevaluated Timothy Dalton and said, oh, well, look, because that's in some cases, that's the seeds of where they've taken the series now, lie in that those two films that he did, right? Mm-hmm.
0: I, uh, I have a sister named Tracy that's named after James Bond's wife, oh, Tracy. Oh, yeah. I, I have a sister who thankfully exactly
1: hasn't met the same face. No, no, not yet, not yet. She's,
0: she's all good. And I have another one, uh, another sister named Sarah after Bob Dylan's song. And I was always really okay, choked okay. that I didn't get any cool yep. name yeah, of it. Yeah, there we
1: go.
0: <laughs> but, um, so what are you doing now? Well, it sounds like you're still sort of writing in the horror genre and, and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I yeah, still continue with that as much as I can. Uh, I I used, when I was employed at the university, I used to um, host film screenings for the, there used to be called the New Media Film Series, and then yeah. they rebranded it. I think it's the, I can't remember what it's called now, maybe just the L Film Series, I don't know, but so that, of course, is off the table, but I used to enjoy doing a couple of those screenings every year. Yeah. But of course, I'm not running now, because of the pandemic. But yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm going to keep looking for opportunities to, to write about this kind of stuff, I also write. You probably know the the Abelique magazine. Mm-hmm. It's online. I, I, I do stuff for them occasionally. Um, I've, um, but I just got a free disc in the mail the other day. Oh, <laughs> nice! They must like this one company must like what I do. So they I didn't even ask for this, and they just gave so. I thought, oh, that's great! It's a free disc, but now I got to write a review of it. <laughs> so, but it's kind it's, of cool to yeah, get yeah, to it, that it point, is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're fuller. the
0: The one thing that really um um, I noted about you is that you don't seem to take things in passively. So whatever, whatever it is, you seem to, I don't know, is that a right, (laughs) a right description, but it seems to me, everything sort of takes a, a passionate, you know, whether you're talking about your music or.
1: Well, I mean, for film writing, I mean, you, it's a different, it's a different approach when you, if you know that you can have to write about it, yeah. you're you're watching it with different eyes. I mean, I always look at it, I always catch little things anyways, probably more than the average person does, but if you know you have to write about something, you're looking at it with a slightly more, um, critical is the wrong word, I hate the word critic, because it it implies that you're tearing stuff down, and I I really don't like doing that. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, exactly, lost my train of thought.
0: That's okay, that'll happen, it happens to me a lot um so what who are say your favorite writers right now would you say do you is that like one of those but not ones?
1: not writers of movies but writers of books. yeah just yeah um that's... or do
0: you find this i find this sometimes and i'm trying to get away from it that when you are that you only end up reading books that you are uh, you know writing about and that sort of thing or do you find that are you someone who
1: well, I mean, books is a little bit different because uh, I don't I don't actually write about books. Right. Right. So it's that's just purely for pleasure. So, I mean, I have favorite authors, but I, I, I tend to just dabble widely. Like, I yeah. just look at stuff and someone would recommend something. Oh, I'll go. This looks interesting. And I'll just... I mean, somebody, There was some post the other day that somebody put up, I think it was on Facebook or somewhere, where it was like, um, read what you want to read. You know don't read something because somebody says it's good for you or you think you should because it was on a top 10 list and it won some sort of literary prize yeah i i think you know read whatever the hell you want to read so i i just as a result i read just about anything yeah i mean i, I grew up reading stephen king which um and i went away from stephen king and
0: why is that if yeah, you're because into...
1: i i didn't like there was a couple of novels I didn't really get into, yeah. and ironically, it was the novel It, which everybody loves, yeah. which was it's like, well, that I was going of... a mixed bag. Yeah. And then there was another one, the dark half, I think, which I didn't really enjoy, and I kind of just fell away from it. Yeah. And then, But I came back to him in the past couple of years and reread a few of the earlier novels and thought, oh yeah, these, these are still really good. And then I caught up with some of his later stuff, and I thought, yeah, he's, he's still got some good stuff. Yeah. So Stephen King has always been a favorite. I love Harlan Ellison, uh, who's written in various genres but always gets pigeonholed as a science fiction writer. But he's a very potent, kind of um, almost angry and very confrontational, and but really sharp sense of humor too. His stuff is really good. And I, I, being into the horror stuff, I, I always love the classic stuff like Emmer and James, who's the classic writer of English ghost stories, H.B. Uh, Lovecraft, which of course i yeah. most people will know Lovecraft. Yeah. In spite of some of the horribly racist stuff that <laughs> that uh, underlies some of his work. Oh is that right. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, so so those would be some of my favorites and but as I say I just read widely and read whatever the hell interests me. Yeah. Which yeah. is I think Which like good. you say
0: is what's yeah, definitely what's important. I know growing up we were huge readers. And I'd read like the cereal box. Like, I can't just sort of sit and not be able to read at the same time, not very yeah. often anyway.
1: Yeah. I do occasionally read film books as well. I mean, it's not, not my favorite thing to do, but once in a while I, I will read something that's quite interesting. I just finished a book on Christopher Nolan films, or mm. the Nolan variations, which, which is quite interesting and made me immediately want to see every single one of his films all over again. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm. It, well, it's a, for me, it's a mix of fiction and nonfiction. Yeah. Uh, I like histories too. I'm interested in science, but I mean, I just, that's part of my problem in, in a sense. It's both the strength and the weaknesses. I, I like so much stuff that it's, yeah. I'm all over the map. A little bit of history, a little bit of science, a little bit of fiction, a little bit of, you know. I can't see that.
0: anything wrong with that. Yeah, it seems well, I, to I, I mean, I agree. Yeah. I agree on that one. Just makes you richer and richer. Yeah. And sometimes a novel that you won't think really affects you can influence your next reading of a novel.
1: I think it's important not to close yourself off to, to different experiences. And, and I think, I mean, I, it, it, which reminds me of when I first started doing that film series that I mentioned, mm-hmm. the very first film I did, I hosted was a film called the orphanage. It's a Spanish movie and it's, it's a ghost story, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's mostly concentrates on the atmosphere. There's, there's, a, there's one moment that I want, warn the audience that it will make you jump. <laughs> you know, it was probably trying of course, this coming they probably made it scarier for them. But yeah. and at the end of that film, it's a very moving film. It's got an amazing central performance by this female actress, and I'm not going to even mention her name because I'll probably just murder the name. <laughs> but but she's amazing in it, and it's 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 got this incredible bittersweet emotional ending. And at the end of the film, somebody came up to me who'd watched it and said, "You know, thanks for showing this. I never would have seen this because it's not my type of movie." Yeah. And yet, it's it's a very rich. And I'd say that movie dramatically stands up against any straight drama, you know? Yeah. And so my point is, you should never close yourself off from, from things, that, even though it might not be your genre, might not be your type of thing. You not know, just give it a shot and you never yeah. know, you might find your next favorite thing, right?
0: Well, instead of thinking of this sort of high versus low art, right? That yeah, no,
1: I, I absolutely agree. I mean, uh, there was this term recently that was thrown around. Called elevated horror,
0: oh.
1: and it was meant to, to, to put a sheen on the horror film. Like the the, the you've seen the film Get Out. No. Yeah, it's it's a very good film, yeah. and uh, but it was uh, the term elevated horror was thrown around by these film critics. Horror as, as scares it, me. Yeah, sure yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which it, I know
0: was the idea. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, partly yes, and partly no, but yeah the idea behind elevated horror was oh it's it's horror films but they're intelligent right and i looked at this and thought well fuck you i mean yeah horror films have always been intelligent yeah they've always been there yeah just because you've chosen not to see it is is your problem so i i really don't like so i I, so to your point about high art versus low art i don't think there should be any distinction i think you can find um worthwhile messages worthwhile subtext in pretty much anything yes
0: And I think it's the same. Well, I mean, we are talking about visual art as well, but I think it's definitely the same. I know as as an artist the other way, we're often, especially when you get into the academic world too, then you can kind of find yourself into that low versus high art. That so I think yeah. we have to, I think we have to fight and yeah. and sort of be able to be open to many, many more things.
1: No, no I agree hundred percent. another film that I showed as part of that same film series. was a Swedish vampire film called Let the Right One In, Hmm. right? I don't know if if you've seen that one. No, I'm writing away, writing away. That's (laughs) that's just an amazing film. And uh, um, the the central character, there's two central characters. One is a, is the vampire who is, appears to be like a little girl who's about 13 or 14 years old, of course frozen in time because she's immortal and then she, Befriends this this kid who's being bullied at school. And somebody afterwards came up to me and and said, You know, that film was really about two lost souls finding each other. Mm. I said, Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. If you strip away everything else, that's the core of the film. So again, high art versus low art, no, you can find it anywhere. Yeah, as long as you keep yourself open to it, right? Yeah, exactly. Do
0: you miss being
1: up to a theater? Yes. Yeah. Oh absolutely, yeah. yeah yeah it's it's i enjoy and there's lots of stuff that you can only see at home yeah because you know obviously you can't all these films from the 70s or whatever you you, there's no way of seeing them other than on disc or the odd times on streaming services but uh no so so that aside the theatrical experience for me will always be the Mm -hmm. best way to see a movie yeah absolutely
0: yeah. So do you have like a big TV and sound at home, so you can really not, experience <laughs> the? Yeah. Not, not sound, not sound.
1: I mean, I have headphones because. Oh, do the, you listen to
0: a lot with your headphones on? Yeah, yeah. Because oh. uh,
1: it, it gets too loud otherwise. So, and the headphones give you the surround sound. Well, and you the know, headphones
0: so. too, though. That's such a, I mean, that oral sort of thing that you have. Yeah. Like having headphones in, it's just like a completely different experience.
1: Yeah. It's. It can be a. It actually can be more immersive. I mean, I'd rather have an amazing sound system, but I, I, just, I yeah. don't have an amazing sound system. Yeah. So the headphones is a good stamp. I mean, I just have a fairly big TV, but I recently upgraded to 4K, which you can actually notice a difference on for older films. Mm. Not so much in your films because, and I, I did some reading on this actually, and it's because more modern films have digital effects in them, and the digital effects are actually remastered at 2K only. So when you're watching in 4k, there's not much of a difference because it has a low, because the the, everything is digitally has a low slightly low resolution anyway, but for all the films, which are actually on photochemical film, there's a ton of detail in film, which uh, a 4k disc will capture. So if you're watching something like 2001, a space odyssey on a 4k disc, it looks absolutely amazing. Oh. Because it's pulling out more of the vivid colors. Yeah, does. exactly. The vivid colors from the physical film, right? Is
0: that right? Hey. Yeah. And so, four K television. Sorry to be so daft, but I don't really know what four K means.
1: It's four uh, K. it's just. Uh, I think it just simply means uh, that something scanned at four thousand lines of resolution.
0: So is but it's a television. It's a exactly. Yes. Okay. To watch in four K,
1: you need you need a four K player, four K TV, oh, okay. and a four K disc. Oh, got those okay. three things, you just, you're just watching in 4K. and then, yeah. So the basic principle is that the, um, you're, you're boosting lines of resolution. So DVD, I think, I'm going to stretch back here, I think <laughs> DVD I think is something like 480 lines of resolution, Blu-ray is 1280 lines of resolution, 1260, something like that. Okay. So that's a boost, and then 4K is 2160 oh, lines of resolution, right, so each right. one is a step up in terms of the amount of detail that you're seeing on the screen. So that's the basics.
0: That's why when I go into the, like where they sell televisions, they all look amazing. Yeah. And mine at home looks like crap. So yeah. it's, it's the whole, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: and I'm not a techie guy, but that, that's, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's s- the big, uh, all, all I want to know is, does yeah. it, is it going to look better? And yeah. the answer is yes. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And you had mentioned at the beginning that you like the physical copies of things so does that mean when you're buying music you're not just streaming it you're buying the physical albums or discs or
1: yeah music's a little bit different um and i i, I do i've moved more towards streaming apple music and such because it's, it's on my phone it plays in the car uh, but yeah for for films definitely physical media yeah and partly because of this just just sheer Part, shall- yeah. shallowness of, of the catalog on most streaming services yeah I mean, yeah. somebody did a graph of it one time where you look at something Netflix, yeah. uh, the number of films from two thousand sixteen, then it goes down, mm-hmm. and uh, as you get past about two thousand, goes, yeah, and there's barely anything from yeah from before then. So it's, it's what do you think of good. all these
0: other streaming? I mean, so you're sort of mentioning that a lot of these streaming things are so um, low in having well, I'm gonna say quality, quality movies, classical movies, that kind of thing. What do you think, there sort of seems to be where it's coming out with more streaming, more streaming. Do you think we're going to get, I guess maybe we might get something that's streaming older movies. I haven't seen anything like that yet.
1: But. Yeah, I mean, the, there's options. I mean, I, I don't subscribe to this, the, the, criteri- the Criterion channel. Okay. It's The Criterion collection was, it started out with Laserdiscs way back in the day, and I actually bought, I used to buy Laserdiscs, so yeah? I'm one of those guys. <laughs> but the and criteria, did you
0: keep it like do you have all your stuff or are you I, getting rid of it? I, I don't
1: have a player anymore I still have the Laserdisc somewhere but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm in DVD and play. it's actually far better quality now but yeah. but back in the days Criterion Collection did it, it's essentially a, it's a collection of foreign and important art films and stuff and that's how it started out and then um, it went into DVD and Blu-ray so the Criterion channel is based on the ch- Criterion Collection it's the same sort of um, vision is to present important and significant films from around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't subscribe to it, but uh, so that's one option. Uh, Amazon Prime actually is not too bad. And talking about evil corporations, I know. <laughs> Amazon as well. I, like I know it's but, so uh, hard. I did. Sa- I know. I know. I, I did sign up for Amazon Prime, and it, w- it was actually to access certain series. Um, but I did discover that they there's a they have a few older titles in the horror
0: genre
1: yeah the 70s and such i mean not much but there was stuff there i think the problem now is that there's too much choice yeah. because i mean i'm i'm with crave netflix and amazon prime there's still stuff that i can't access but i'm thinking i'm not signing up for one more service <laughs> you know i know uh but i th- i don't think have you than... gotten
0: rid of regular cable
1: yet yeah i haven't watched regular cable I'm, for years. well i haven't
0: i don't know that i've watched it but it's there, so there's, there's so many like some of the movies and different things that you can have. Yeah, you can only have those channels if you have the whole thing. Yeah, so, but yeah, it exactly. seems like there's so many streaming that might be the way to go and just get rid of, yeah. The full cable.
1: Yeah, you know for sure. And the, but uh, for physical media, uh, for films, there's there's a number of it stayed alive and there's a number of boutique labels now which are putting out stuff, old mm-hmm. cult, really obscure stuff in these amazing editions. Criterion Collection was the the original mm-hmm. one but now there's like Shout Factory is one, there's Arrow Video from the UK and now I'm putting out stuff in Canada and they've recently gone to 4K. Uh, there's, there's a number of them that, and really down to really small labels like, well, what's one of them called? Vinegar Syndrome, I think is, that puts out these these films that you've, I've heard of them. Yeah. You know, maybe, but they do amazing work and this is stuff that's never gonna ever turn up on streaming so your only choice if you're really into these movies and really into finding older cult movies is to still buy physical media Mm -hmm. that's the only way you'll get these films
0: yeah and are there you know there's sort of i know for albums right there's different like sort of festivals or selling places or where people are trading and that sort of thing is there same kind of thing for sort of the older movies especially now that we have um uh you know that we have online and that sort of thing so you have an accessibility to trade and get things and is that something that
1: I'm people do I, with the
0: classic movies
1: i i'm assuming i don't know i mean i uh, i'm just not in that sort of realm i i know that if you you want to get really specialized but i mean people still there, there's people that trade in physical copies i mean actual film reels Right. They will actually trade back and forth. I used to know wow. somebody who was into it and was trading copies of these, but I'm, I've never owned a projector. So, uh, I mean, there probably is. I, I think there are um, festivals and um, things where, where, where things like that, where people will, will trade these things, but I do it all online. Yeah. mean yeah. um, I subscribe to, again, the Facebook pages of all yeah. these small labels, and they will announce films that are coming out, and so I'll, that'll cue me to go and order one. But uh, I'm mean, living in Lethbridge. Of course, we don't really get these kind of things. I mean, they, they happen in places like London.
0: Yeah, uh, I bet the, big, I think. the big
1: places, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought of moving back to Wales? Yes, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It might. It might happen. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see how it goes.
0: Are your did your parents stay here?
1: No, they're back. They're back there. They've been eh? back there since. A little brown, so, so they brought you
0: here, and then yeah, they I mean,
1: went back. I mean, Took like <laughs> off. And, yeah uh, no back in 95 so oh okay there for a while now yeah which so gives me a good excuse to go back I, it does I, yeah i, I yeah. go back once every year and a half or so of course it's been a while now since the pandemic mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah for sure well it'd be kind of kind of cool because then you are closer to to london and those sort yeah. of things to try and have access to that right yeah
1: well, i've looked in, in in envy with these, these festivals that people post about oh I'm here and I met this amazing star and I got my photo taken with so-and-so who starred in this movie from you know 1960 and I'm like wow oh, that's great <laughs> <laughs> well
0: because I know in Berlin too they have all kinds of really cool things going on there right different festivals kind like, of thing. so yeah. yeah just much more access than than we have here but you're starting yeah. it right I mean yeah. you did that with having the the film nights and that kind of thing so making sure that some of that culture does come back to those for people like me that don't know anything yeah. about it yeah yeah who do you like for sure. music. music or is that all over the place too
1: that's pretty I much all, that's all over the place too <laughs> yeah no um I mean, my favorite band has always been youtube since the 1980s I mean, yeah. i've always loved their music but honestly i dabble in everything i mean jazz to blues. I love classic blues. I mean, classic blues was the stuff that kept me going through university at that and alternative rock music kept me going through university. There was a, a bar on White, it's still there actually, on White Avenue. It was called the Blues on White pub. Used to be called The Commercial. I don't know if it's still called it The Commercial mm. anymore, but it was It was known back then. It's, it's a bit gentrified now, but it was back, back then it was, it was a bikers' hangout. Yeah. But so, and students were hanging. So you got this weird mix of of, of students and bikers hanging <laughs> at this bar. King Eddie but was they, kind of like that. Oh yeah. Hairy. Yeah. Did you I think I think it's yeah. I have heard yeah. about it. I think it sounds like the same thing. Yeah. But they used to bring in these these blues bands and um, these touring bands from Chicago and Texas and all these places, and it was just awesome. Like yeah. it was really good music. So classic blues has always stuck with me, and that led me to. Digging deeper into the blues, um, Robert Johnson, you know, and then Muddy Waters and uh, Willie Dixon, all all that classic stuff I got into because that is the birthplace of everything we see now in popular music. You right. can all be traced back to that time. Right. And um, yeah, so, but other, I'm a, yeah, so blues, jazz, I'm a classical, I'm in just about everything. Yeah. I will, I'm a little bit of film soundtracks, obviously. Yeah. But um, I dabble I, in pretty much anything anything's for a game yeah. and
0: yeah well and that's i i believe that's how we should be right then yeah. you're no I agree. you're open to more, and instead yeah. staying in our our little shelves but that's why it's sort of really nice that we do have the internet and that sort of thing now because there's a lot of music yeah. that i never would have heard of otherwise either my friends aren't playing it or or whatever so it's one of the yeah the great things and i think we're always open to what we may hear or yeah, what's going or that kind of thing, and I, and I think there's a
1: role in the internet too for people who, um, for want of a better term, curators. Yeah, yeah. Like who who will so if you so if you think oh I'm I'm like the end of jazz man I don't really know, and, and there's somebody out there will will put together a list of you know the key Absolutely. the key words or if you're interested in this then talk about this here's the ten yeah. things you should listen to so that's what the internet is really good for yeah is people will act as curators of yeah. of certain things right now it'll it'll give people a way into things that they, they otherwise go, well, I don't have a clue what to listen to here. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it is one. And for myself, who doesn't know a ton, I grew up like with Dylan and Neil Young and all that, that was my, my dad's music. So it kind of came. So there's a lot, I mean, he listened to blues and that kind of thing. So definitely I got some of that, but a lot of the music when I want to learn something new, that's where I'm going to try and yeah. Okay, give me that core that I can start and then I can yeah. research and find out what else. Talk about music. We can't really go by without James Bond and having hmm. those, <laughs> their, their, uh, um, you know, their sort of main soundtrack is, yeah. um, they have Billy, have you seen the latest James Bond movie? Is not it he? it hasn't come out, I was say. It, it was
1: delayed. It was April, 2020 was the original release date that got bumped to November and uh, that got bumped to April, 2021. Right. And I, well, I, will, was right? I, will, I will lay money on it being delayed again till the fall. So it's gonna Do you be- Do think they'll wait for theaters?
0: Is that why they're waiting?
1: I th- yeah, I think they're gonna wait for theaters for that yeah. one. I mean, they've, the rumors were they were talking to Apple or somebody to, to, to stream it. But I think they're holding out for theater, which will be awesome. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm of two minds on that one. I am gonna be waiting so long to see this damn thing. <laughs> that part of me would say oh for god's sake just release an apple tv i'll even yeah. buy an apple tv device to hook up to my tv just so i can watch it yeah but yeah i on the, on the on the flip side part of me thinks that well, i just want i want to see in a theater I'll, I'll wait for another six months yeah so but anyway that's a, that's think.
0: how i feel too well i was just saying because billy art I, I, I wish like, his yeah. song yeah. came out yeah. and i thought it was great i thought she I, did, I loved it i so thought it, she did yeah. like a fabulous yeah. job it had that real Classic Herne yeah. Brother, I guess, had such a classic uh, James Bond,
1: yeah. you know,
0: feel yeah. to it. Because some of them got, I mean, I think Madonna did one, right? Oh, yeah. Did you yeah. too? Too. You too? No, well? no, no, but
1: um, uh, Bono on the Edge wrote the song Goldeneye, which Tina Turner sang, which I thought was a great track. That yeah was one of my favorite of, yeah. the, of the more recent ones. Yeah. But I thought Billy Eilish did a great job, and I'm not even a Billy Eilish fan. you know, I believe, really know nothing about her. I yeah. thought, uh, they did a fantastic job, and of course, Hans Zimmer, mm-hmm. uh, who's quite famous, quite well known for his soundtracks, of course, yeah. did uh, worked on that track as well. In addition to, were you a fan of the Smiths? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, back for then sure. Johnny Marr, the guitarist, uh, works with Hans Zimmer, and he did oh. guitar on, on uh, the that Billy Eilish track. And oh, I guess really? The soundtrack, although no, nobody's heard the whole soundtrack. Yeah, of course. But so if you listen to that song again at the very end, where there's a there's a guitar twang, that's oh, Johnny yeah. Marr playing. He said. You said an interview. I finally got to play that classic Bondian, <laughs> you know, guitar twang at the end of that song. So
0: that must be what sort of captured me too. So sometimes we know yeah. something sounds like something or sounds right, but we're not sure why. And yeah. and that's probably why it has such a classic feel too, right? Yeah. Which of Hans Zimmer was yeah. was a part of that too. Ah, so and you never got dabbling into like the other arts, painting mm-hmm. or.
1: No, I mean I, I, I can't really draw, so. Oh, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: God that's not the requirement yeah, for doing art. I did, but the only other
1: thing <laughs> I ever got into was, uh, for a brief time, I, I, I jammed with a bunch of guys up in Edmonton, and we had a garage band going, and that was that was it. Yeah. I, the one claim to fame for when I was playing with them was, uh, whenever songs got played one time on Radio Here River <laughs> about midnight, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> tuned into those. There we go. Yeah. Well, it was cool to talk to you. It was nice to learn a little bit more about you. And and I would love if you would give us maybe some links to, sure. to some of these things that we've been talking about so that I can put that on the podcast because you've given us such a wealth of information and recommendations. I'll, I'll put those to some different recommendations of good things to follow up. So that'd be nice.
1: Yeah, no worries.
0: All right. It's been Cheers. a pleasure.